Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, today we have with us Jack Griffith with Man in the Mirror Ministries, and we're talking about how we can help your church disciple men. Jack, welcome to the I Work Ram Show. Hey, Jim, it was really good for you to invite me here to talk about Man in the Mirror. Um, just happy to be here. Well, that $100 bill you slipped me at the last Christian Chamber event really helped you get open up a spot. The the one hundred or the other? <laughs> you know how missionaries are. They always have extra hundred slipping around so they can get yeah, good radio time. Sure we do. <laughs> sure. No, I went, Jack, about six months ago at the local Christian Chamber event, which if you want to find out about the Christian Chamber, just go to c3tb.org. And I really enjoyed talking with him. We got down, had a one-to-one, and just talked about where Jack was out with the ministry. I said, listen, I want to get you on the program because I want people to know how your church can find a way to minister to men and to create a quality discipleship program because churches across the nation are struggling with what to do with men. They have no problem with women's ministries. They have problem with men's ministries and men are failing across the board in almost every role that God defined them for, which is leading the family, leading the church, being fantastic fathers, being incredible husbands and being the spiritual leader of the household. They're falling on their faces. Jack, that's why you're here today. That is exactly why I'm here and that's why I'm involved with this ministry. Um, I'll tell you a little story of years ago when I was in Texas of all places we started a roller hockey league because I'm a <laughs> hockey guy 
There wasn't any ice. Down but you were there. a real hockey guy though, because you grew up in upstate New York. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was the youngest of four, so I was the uh, unanimous choice by my brothers to be the goaltender. So uh, that's how I grew put the up. small guy in a goalie. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm tall for my size. Okay. Uh, we signed up kids in the local mall for a roller hockey league. Uh, the mall was nice. They donated tables and stuff. And when we signed them up, when we sanctioned them with the company that gave us insurance. The last name of the kid was one last name. The last name of the mom who wrote the check was another last name. When I checked her driver's license, that was still yet another last name. And if the dad or man in the house showed up for games or practices, that was somebody else. And growing up on a little dairy farm, the youngest of four, in a tight family that went to church, that shocked me. And I think that's... um, typical of what's going on in the nation today. You see a lot of families that are torn apart. Uh, I heard a percentage that 41% of all families, the kids go to bed at night without a father in the household. And that is, uh, it's just wrong. Uh, Men are called to be the spiritual head of the household, and that includes raising up their children in the way that they should go. So that's why I got into this ministry, to see that men get discipling as they need it, when they need it, and appropriate to what their needs are. And we're going to talk about how that ties in within the local church and then ties into workplace ministry because those same men are going to church, they're going to work, and because they're not being discipled at church, they have no idea what to do with their faith at work. All right, before we get into that deep discussion, you got anybody you want to say hi to on the radio today? Well, you know, you see this all the time at sporting events. You see people hold up signs and say, hi, Mom. So I have to say, hi, Mom. I don't know if Dad ever gets that, but Dad's not on the earth anymore, but I'll say, hi, Dad. Um, I'd say hi to my dog, but I don't think she would wake up. So, hi, Mom. You don't want to say hi to your wife? Uh, hi, Ginger. How are you? <laughs> yeah, let's see if she's... I'll ask her when uh, if, I get home. If she was listening or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen. Talk about how Christ first impacted your life. Um I tell you, one of the reasons I got involved with Man in the Mirror is because the discipleship process is so essential to men. 34 years ago, I was one of those fallen men. I often say that I was a guy standing on the edge of the cliff with one foot hanging over the edge going, I wonder what it's going to be like to splat on the bottom. The world had driven into my mind that I was useless, that I was a womanizer, that all I should do was drink beer and carouse, and I was getting far away from what the biblical idea of a man should be. And when I came to that point where I finally realized that I needed to change and I accepted Jesus Christ as my one Lord and Savior, uh, the heavens didn't open up. There wasn't this big sunbeam that hit me on the forehead, but I have the peace of mind every night to, to go to bed and know that I've done the best I can do every single day. And I want to see other men experience that closeness with Christ, uh, where they know that he died for them on the cross and carried their sins with him. And far too few men today realize that. Mm. It's absolutely an epidemic. All right. Now, this is a business show. We're talking about people in the workplace sharing their faith. Talk to me about your business background, because you haven't always been in ministry. No, I uh, I was in sales most of my life. I was what you'd describe as the soft sell. Uh, but I sold based upon the fact that if I said I was going to do something, I followed through on it. Uh, actually, how I got involved in uh, Bible studies was through my workplace. I was a corporate training guy at the little company I worked for. And my VP said, we're going to have this uh, study on Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock. And I said, 6 o'clock at night? He goes, no, 6 o'clock in the morning. 
we're going to go over this book called Wild at Heart. <laughs> and I said, ah, you know, I don't know if I want it. And he said, it deals with the wound that every man has give, been given by his father. And I go, okay, I'm there. Um, men today suffer from that, I feel, especially those kids that don't have a dad, uh, somebody to look up to. So that's where I really spent most of my time in sales. And when I would mentor an employee, I would always ask them where they were in their walk of faith. And some would say, what's that? And it was really hard to hear those words. Mm, mm. All right. So how did you find Man in the Mirror Ministries? What led you to here? Well, uh, I was involved in a men's ministry at our church, Bayside Church of God in Safety Harbor. Our associate pastor said, we need a men's ministry. We need to get men together because they don't realize they have problems that the other guys have, and we can all help each other. I said, okay, that's fine. We started the ministry, and then that pastor left. And it was a good thing. He got his own church out in St. Louis. But I knew that I had to pick up the reins and take over the leadership of the, of the men's group. Didn't know if I could do that. One of the books we read when we were starting to research the ministry was Man in the Mirror by Patrick Morley. I remembered how that struck me, the 24 different challenges that men face in their life and how they can deal with it. So I got with Man of the Mirror and went to their training. Let me go on about what hit me when I first went to this training, because that's what really turned me around. I'm sitting there in the training room after about 20 minutes, and Patrick Morley said, you know, men are in trouble today, but we strongly feel that if we get the men right, we'll get the marriages right. Now, if we get the marriages right, we'll get the family right. If we get the families right, then we'll get the church right. And if we get churches right, the community and our whole nation will come together. Men are under such attack. That's the solution to our country. And, and let, you got to say that again. Or if we get the men right, we get the marriages. We right. get the marriages right. And if we get the marriages right, we get the families. And we right. get the families right. And if we get the families right, then we, we get, get the, the church, church right. right yep. Which is saying there's something wrong with the church. And if we get the church right, we start to change our country. We get our country where it should be. When uh, when Patrick decided that we needed to go uh, more local boots on the ground with Man in the Mirror, they were trying to do everything from Orlando, deliver the training and provide materials and provide support and mentoring. Um, they decided they'd put men like me in local areas. I cover all of Pinellas County up into West Pasco and a little nice little slice of Hillsboro. We decided that it was more important to have a local person to interact with the churches, and my job really is to walk alongside those lay leaders and the men's ministry leaders to help them find what we call the right next step for each man in the discipleship process. We have material, we have books, we have resources. We don't really have a curriculum, so to speak. We just help them use what information the church has and the people they already have there to disciple the men that are in their church and to help get the new guys in and the new families into the church. Okay, so let's, let's just start with this scenario because every church out there needs a ministry for men. They don't seem to have a problem getting women's ministry stuff going on. Women naturally want to get together and talk and do yep. stuff. Men are not real good at those things. And so they need to be you know, given a reason to come. So when you start working with local churches to try to get them to work on them, and again, I know this is the I Work For Him show. What does this have to do with workplace ministries? I will tell you this. Men need to be discipled 
so they can be more effective ministers at home and in the workplace. And that's why we're talking about it. I have seen this plague that Jack has just described time and time and time again. My wife and I do marriage mentoring, and I have seen the collateral damage to my own life. And I'm a married man of 28 years. My parents have been married almost 60 years. My in-laws have been married almost 60 years. It's not my family, but my friends whose lives have disintegrated because the men aren't right and their marriages aren't right, therefore, and their families aren't right, therefore, which then falls into the churches. And our church is no different than any other church. You got I mean, I teach a connection group. I used to teach a connection group. I did for 10 years, and over half of the marriages in our class were struggling, and about 30% of them just ended. And I was a good teacher, and I called people out on it. So, Jack, how is Man in the Mirror Ministries going? How are they fighting? I mean, they're just one cog in this wheel. There are only one ministry out there. There's tons of ministries, but how are they making a difference? I'm sorry, I got on my soapbox. I'll step back off the soapbox. How are they making a difference in these local churches? Uh, it doesn't make any difference how big the church is, uh, whether there's 30 people or 3,000 or 1,300. There are hurting men in the church and outside of the church. We help the men's ministry leaders understand the dynamics of the different men, that the guy that's been leading a Bible study for eight years, nine years, every Sunday or every Wednesday night, may still have concerns with his marriage, with how he treats his kids, and he needs to come alongside another person who's gone through that to help to mentor him and to give him the words of encouragement he needs to, to move forward. Um, we really walk alongside the church leaders uh, and make suggestions with what has worked for us, what has worked in other areas in getting men connected. And like you said, if you put a little three by five card up on the bulletin board of the church, it says, women, we need you Saturday at nine. There'll be a hundred women there. If you do the, a big uh, 11 by 17 poster says, men, free fish Saturday at one o'clock, you'll get two or three guys. Right. It takes one man connecting directly with another man and then exponentially that increases growth the whole church. Okay, but that's that's tough. I mean, it, it's tough to get men to do anything. And honestly, organized sports is the biggest detriment as I've seen to family. Next to pornography, mm -hmm. organized sports is right there. In my list, opinion, people out there listening, that's my opinion, just prove me wrong. Because organized sports is tearing apart the family. And, and, and all, these families are being pulled one way or the other. How do you get men to set aside time from their work and their organized sports for their children to actually invest in themselves in their walk with Christ. I think it's a trust issue. There, every man has one close friend that he'll share his deepest secrets with and come to when he, or he knows that he can call him at two o'clock in the morning and say, Tom, I've got a problem. I need to talk to you about it. That's the kind of thing we want to try to foster within the church to get guys to realize that these problems, these pains, these hurts that they have aren't unique to them. Most other men have had this, uh, and it's just a matter of talking through and finding the scriptural way to lead you out of that mess. It's, you know, it is so important. And when you look in the scriptures, there's, I mean, Jesus set the best example for doing discipleship. I mean, he just lived life with those guys. Mm -hmm. And he, it's not like he set them up in a, in, a, in a class that was, hey, here's everything you need to know about religion. No, he didn't teach religion. People, would you realize he taught how to have relationship and he taught it with these 12 guys and the 11 that were left 
change the world that you and I live in. And the only reason we have a radio program about sharing our faith in our workplace is because Jesus Christ impacted 11 guys and they impacted the world. That's what it takes. It's, it takes one man to talk to another man who will talk to another man and increase that uh, exponentially throughout the church. Um, but it seems like such a futile effort, though, Jack. I mean, it, it seems like you're fighting a tidal wave because our country's been beating up men since the 60s. Uh, men have been sort of under the heel, yeah, I think, of the popular uh, media, uh, movies, if you... Um, a lot of men come to me and say, Jack, how do I turn this around? What do I do to, to get to be that spiritual head of the household? And I, the simplest thing I say is turn off your television for a month. Don't watch all that stuff that they try to feed you. Uh, a good friend of mine said, you know, a lot of these shows that are on that go uh, completely counter uh, biblical standards for family and love. The devil must love those being on television because slowly the people watch that and they just let that seep into the culture where they accept that as being normal when it's not. Uh, the Bible clearly states what the role of the man, what the role of the woman and the role of the kids in the household are supposed to be. Yeah, I, you know, you look at, and when I think of the pathetic men that have been highlighted on TV shows, you know, uh, married with children, whatever his face was, I can't even think of what, what his name was on the show, but I mean, always made us look like an idiot, you know, as opposed to Dr. Huxtable on the Cosby show where he was a quality man. Or Tim Allen is on this uh, show right now, Last Man Standing. I don't know if it's on now. It's on Netflix. He's a dad. Now, nothing spiritual about any of those guys, but they were leading their households and standing up and learning how to apologize, things like that. All right. And not all of us have grown up with fathers who were great examples for us. And so men need to go other places. How do you get, I mean, how are you getting in front of pastors to find out, hey, do you have a need? I mean, you already know the answer, but how are you getting in front of pastors? Uh, the biggest thing for me now is just talking to everybody I meet and finding out who their church is. Can I come talk to your pastor? It's a low-key event. Uh, I'm not going to bring uh, a, uh, a binder full of books to sell you. We just want to talk about how can we make your process better? How can we make it work? How can we get men connected? And the pastors, I think, are stretched so thin on all the things they're responsible for. They want somebody in their church to step up, but they know they need somebody like a man in the mirror area director. There's going to be 330 of us across the entire nation specifically to help those lay leaders figure out what the right next step is for every man in their church. So when you have a meeting with them, what's the percentage of, of positive response? When you go meet with a pastor and you've got an in because you met Jim Brangenberg at the Christian Chamber, and so I told you about my pastor, you go meet with my pastor, which sometimes that's difficult just to get the appointment. Let's say you get the appointment. How successful are you in getting them to say, yep, I have a problem, I want help? Because a lot of times they may know they have a problem, but they don't want anybody's help. Uh, I think churches tend to be a little... Territorial. Territorial. They they don't want to admit that, uh, well, you know, gosh, we can't get involved in this over here because that's so-and-so's territory. But the pastors generally are positive. They know there's a problem with men. Most of them are men. They realize they need help. Um, it's, I guess it's a conventional wisdom says that all men should look out for their fellow man and take care of what his needs are and help him. But if there's so many men in the church that need help, that's sort of an overwhelming task. It needs to be divided out amongst all of the men in the church. Well, and the issue is that so many men need help, and we're all so busy. I mean, we don't work 40-hour jobs anymore. We work 50- or 60-hour jobs, and then we got to go to sports Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 
tournaments all weekend long. We're destroying ourselves. Good grief. Okay, wow. I'll get off that soapbox. And those of you that are involved in area community sports, fine. But you know what? Is it building up your family? All right, we've been talking with Jack Griffith with Man in the Mirror Ministries about how we can help your church disciple men. And Jack, you said something. Welcome back, Jack. You Wow, welcome back, Jack. I like that. There was like a show like that, wasn't there? Okay, now it was Welcome Back, Mr. Mr. Coach. Kata. Mr. Kata, that's what it was. All right, so Jack, you said something I want repeated. Okay. Because you said if we can get men right, go ahead. If we get the man right, we get the marriage right. If we get the marriage right, we get the families right. If we get the families right, we get the church right. If we get the church right, we get the communities right, and we get our nation right. One of the goals of Man in the Mirror is by 2010 to have 10 million new discipled men across the nation. By 2010, how'd you do? Uh, by 2020. <laughs> okay. Did you mean 2020? <laughs> yes, that's okay. what I actually meant. Okay. That's okay. So by 2020, to get a million. Yes. A million Ten men. Million. Ten, Ten million. Ten million men. Ten million. Okay. Ten million. Okay, so it's 2014. We're at the beginning of the year. We're like a 10 weeks in. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? Uh, I think we're getting better. We've got 100 of us. Well, 98, 99 area directors like me across the nation. Okay. So we've got about, uh, well, what's uh, 330 minus 100, carry the seven. We've got a few more to go, but uh, it's amazing the (laughs) men that are stepping up and saying, you know what? I realize men need help. I've been through this training. I see that it works in the churches. I want to go spread the news, and we want to get men straightened out. And I think what's important is 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 the listeners today helping their pastors to understand the desperate need because I, I think the pastors, they they are as you said earlier, they're overwhelmed. They have lots of stuff on their plate. They are stretched as thin as they've ever been before because church budgets are tight. Yet none of that matters. If the men are falling on their faces instead of before the Lord, they're falling on their faces yep. because everything is falling apart. If we can get this men thing right, if we can start investing in men, then it fixes a whole lot of other issues, including your budget in your church. But yep. why do they struggle with that? You said that we don't call it marriage ministry anymore. Well, we don't call it the men's ministry. Or we, excuse me, men's, I apologize, men's ministry anymore. You can call it the marriage ministry, but... Uh, it, well, we're talking about men, though, so we'll do that. 2010 marriage ministry or 2020 men's <laughs> Okay, ministry. let me write down all the mistakes I've made so far here. Do you have another piece of paper? No, I'm, I'm done. I, I, um, I ran out of paper already. Here's the deal. If you think of men's ministry, you think of this group that meets on Saturday, and I'm sorry for all the people that meet out there on Saturday for breakfast. They get together for breakfast, and they have a speaker, and they have uh, scrambled eggs and bacon, and then when they're done, they go home, and that's it. And they meet again in another month, maybe. Man of the Mirror likes to use the term all-inclusive ministry for man, because if you look across your church, you've got the guy playing the guitar, you've got the guy doing the drums, maybe there's a guy back in the tech thing, moving the dials and making the audio sound good. There's a guy rocking the baby in the in the little nursery. There's guys helping in the youth and the kids ministry. So men are serving all across the church. It's when you mobilize those men to realize, I have to reach outside the church and within the church to find the other men who have the needs to grow farther in their faith, that's when it really catches fire in the church. The pastor is stretched too thin. But if the man say, hey, pastor, we've got this idea where we do this and do this and do that, the pastor's probably going to say, go for it. So it can't fall on the head on the pastor's uh, shoulders, the lead pastor or 
uh, even the men's discipleship pastor. It has to come from the guys within the church, and that's what we help with our process to give them the tools to do that. So I, I don't know. I was looking at you. I know I heard the words, but so we don't call it men's ministry. We call it what? All-inclusive ministry for men. All-inclusive ministry for men. That's a lot. All-inclusive ministry for men. Hmm. Maybe there's an acronym though. All-inclusive ministry no, for men. That Aim. No. That didn't work either. No. Guys. Okay. Guys. guys. Guys don't understand acronyms? Uh, no. The guys uh, like to keep it simple. And, so. if, and if you call it AIM, they may think it's about firearms That's, or something like that. Well, then you might get a lot more people. Yeah. Then you might. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> then you might. Are we going to go shoot? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Listen, What what is the program like? How do you, what are specific things that you do for churches to help them get this all-inclusive ministry for men done? Okay. The, the central core process is called No Man Left Behind. And literally, it is to ensure that there's no man left behind in discipleship efforts. It allows you through a series of training sessions with the leadership group in your church that uh, have bought into this to determine where men are, where they need help, and what the right next step is for each man in his discipleship walk. Uh, once you have a core group that has that ingrained in them, then Man in the Mirror offers what's called a journey to biblical manhood which gives sustainability to the men's ministry efforts. There are 12 different challenges. Most churches will do one or two, maybe two, large church, two challenges a year. Well, by the time you get through challenge five and six, you've probably got a new crop of men coming in that you can run through challenge one and two, which deal with fatherhood and how you deal with your wife, how you deal with the world and how you avoid from getting pulled into that. That gives you sustainability over time where I hear from a lot of men's discipleship guys, you know, I'm glad you came by to talk to me because I don't know what to do next. The beauty of the journey to biblical manhood is you can use all of the stuff that's in there and just the way it's written. We give you uh, all the pacing guides as being a former teacher, love pacing guides, what to do 16 weeks out, 15 weeks out, how to get guys in a, a, a small group or a home group study, the steps you take, what to say, what not to say. We give that all out to the church on a subscription basis. Medium-sized church can spend 50 bucks a year, a year, that's all once a year. So it's not a big hit. It's not a big hit. And it allows you to get all that information, customize it as you want. You can run it just the way it describes when you're talking about how to be a the spiritual lead of your household. You just follow the plan. It's done. You don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. Or you've got a book you want to reinsert that you've just done a study. Slip that in there and make it fit. Or if you like the theme of that particular challenge, but you want to design your own thing, you can do that too. Very flexible for the church guys. All right. So you, you're you helping these churches. And now you've only been area director director here for less than a year. Less than a year. Okay. But there's been guys in other parts of the country have been doing it for more than that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk to me about their success. The churches that, I mean, you're, you go to conferences where everybody shares and here's what's going on, here's what's working, here's what's not working. Talk to me about the impact that these this all-inclusive men's ministry is having on other churches around the, around the country. Well, it allows the, the guys to, to realize there's a connection point for them that they're not going to do maybe the typical church stuff. They're going to get a chance to do something as simple as, we're having a fish fry at our church. And I hear that a lot. It's a really low-key way to get the guy that's not churched there. Uh, retreats, everybody has retreats. 
but you've got a variety of different studies you can get guys involved in. Depends upon where their area of expertise is. It gives everybody an outlet. But do you have any idea of the success that other area directors are having in their territories around the country? Well, if you take the, since we've done the No Man Left Behind model, mm -hmm. uh, I guess now it's probably about three years of complete, uh, it was called other things early, but now it's the No Man Left Behind process. The churches that have implemented No Man Left Behind have seen like a 48% increase in the men in just in attendance at their church. Because the whole process is to get people outside the church and to strengthen and to bring in the work-related guy sure. that, that you know needs help. But that's a huge number. That's a huge number. That's a huge number. Here's the real kicker of the men that go through the No Man Left Behind training and then stay involved in the discipleship process, you see an uh, average of 84% increase in the men that are discipled within the churches. Wow, that's a huge number. Okay, so I know they can go out to the website, maninthemirror.org, mm -hmm. maninthemirror.org, yep. and they can look up area directors. That's how they find you. Mm -hmm. how, do they, how do people get a hold of you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, you can just... Um, Email me at jackgriffith at maninthemirror.org. That will get me. Um, you can actually go on the website, and there'll be a link in the top right-hand corner, Find the Nary Director, and you can scroll down to Florida, and you'll see my smiling face there, and you can uh, contact me But that you way. have hair in that picture, and today in the studio, well, you have less yeah, than that. Yeah, I got a little haircut. Only the ones that were too long, and apparently they were all too long, because uh, <laughs> they're all gone now. Yeah, I, I have that issue, too. My hair grows way too long. Okay, so... Maninthemirror.org is the website. Yep. They can get a hold of you at Jack Griffith at maninthemirror.org. Or they can call me. You want me to give my telephone number? Or, or, you could give the phone number, but nobody's writing it down because they're driving in traffic with rain. So. Okay. Well, it's real easy. It's or, if, or if they're listening in D.C., they got snow. So it's some, And it, in okay. between there, there's ice. So 727-204. Uh-huh. Now, can you remember this? 727-204. 8888. That's your number? That's my number. How did you get an 8888 number? 34 uh, minutes on the phone with the phone company about nine years ago saying, no, I don't like that one. Give me another one. No, I don't like that one. Give me another one. Nice. 727-204-8888. 727-204-8888. That's all you can get a hold of Jack Griffith and uh, find out more about Man in the Mirror Ministries and helping your church, church start a discipleship ministry for men. But don't call it that. You're going to call it an all-inclusive men's ministry. That's what you're going to call it because then men will come out. And if you call it AIM, they'll come out with their guns, which is okay because, you know, men need to bond around, you know, blowing things up because that's what we do best. All right, listen, we've got a few minutes left. I really want people to find out more about what we're talking about. But let's just talk about the problem we're, we're dealing with here because we have a problem with men. And no, I don't have a problem with man men. I'm a man, but I will tell you that our society, specifically our American society, Society, our United States society has beat men over the head as part of the cultural revolution from the 60s and the 70s, and it's continued on to today, telling men they're they're not significant in the household. We don't need them. Um, they're stupid. They're dumb because they compartmentalize things. They don't share their feelings well. They're they're empathetic. They're they're not empathetic. They're they're just men aren't needed. That's what our society has told them. So we have a problem with men because men have started to believe all that garbage and our families have suffered. Our children have suffered. Now our children of children have suffered because I have a class full of, of 30 and 40 year olds whose fathers gave up on them and they're struggling. Their kids are struggling. It goes on generations after generations. You've got a, you've got a solution to this problem. Tell me about it. First, we need to get 
Well, we gotta get the man right. We gotta let the man know that they their responsibility is to be the spiritual head of the household. And if you have the wife, you we won't read that part of Corinthians because some of the women don't like it when we read that. No, up. no, no, no. Here, it's, it's Ephesians says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Believe me, young ladies, old ladies, middle-aged ladies, if your husband would love you that way, there is no way you'd have a hard time showing him respect because that would be incredible. If husbands would, would show their wives love like Christ showed the church, that's the kind of men would start changing our country. Uh, that okay, is, so we got to get the man right. we got to get the man right, uh, and the man has to see that he has a problem that needs solving, and sometimes it's his buddy he'd say, you know, Tom, you got to get this straightened out. you got issues. Look at your wife. Look at your kids. Uh, one of the guys, a friend of mine in, the, in our little men's group, does prison ministry, and he said, you know, it's amazing, but it's like 90% of the men incarcerated had no father in their household. And they're struggling to to find that father identity, and they did it through violence or through drugs or through crime. And uh, that's what it takes to turn this country around, is to have the man stand and say, no, I'm not going to give in to this anymore. And this is a major problem in the white community. It's an epidemic yes. in the black community. Yeah. And it, it's such a huge issue. And it, I mean, and you are, we are seeing the results of men being pulled out of households and being told it's okay. Yeah. Okay, so if we get the men right, then we get the marriages right. If we get the marriages right, then we get we families get right. right. And if we get the families right, then we start to get our churches sure. right. Because that means that our churches aren't right. And they're not because we don't, our families aren't strong. And you need strong families to make strong churches. And if we get our churches right, we could turn our country around back to the Lord because the churches will be leading instead of the idiots we elect to politicians in Washington who go up there and they yep. self-serve themselves instead of helping us, the general public. I don't, I, I don't know. I've got, we've got new hope for Pinellas County. David Jolly got oh, elected yes. last week. And, and I wanted to stop and say to him, I wanted to pray with him on Sunday. I saw him at church. And I wanted to pray with him. And I, I missed him. But I'm praying that he can go up there and resist the temptations that face every House of Representatives, every senator, all of these people that get sucked into everything that doesn't serve our country. It serves themselves. Yeah. All right. So if we if we just get men right. All right. So man in the mirror ministries, man in the mirror dot org. OK. Seven, two, seven, two, zero, four, eighty eight, eighty eight. Very good. Seven, two, seven, two, zero, four, eighty eight, eighty eight. Jack, how are we going to change this community? Uh, it has to start at the core level in the churches. And it has to start with the men that aren't in church uh, to be in church and to realize that it's not as scary as they might think. Um one of the things we do in the No Man Left Behind training is we encourage the guys to go back to their church and do a man audit of their church. Do they see men serving? Are there curtains on the windows? Are there purples and pinks in decoration of the church? Is it man friendly? Are the songs pitched uh, too high for the men to sing? All these things contribute in keeping men away from church. <laughs> but when a man comes to the church, he's more likely to bring his wife and his kids and the churches which are seeing some decline in the recent economy with their tithing, we'll see that pick back up again. Uh, it's just a matter of informing the men that, you know what, uh, you're not the only one that has this problem. Uh, I have this problem too, and let's talk about it and let you get you over it. And I know one guy who can help you with this, and he's the guy I look to every day. His name is Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and I gotta tell you, th those people that are, are scared by the comments that I made, I'll tell you what, if we can get men serving their families like Christ served their families, serving their wives like Christ served the church, 
these issues would be no issues because Christ served the church completely selflessly, yet he led with strength and he burst out of the grave, threw the rock aside Mm -hmm. and rose from the dead. And that's the kind of change we need in this country. All right, Jack, it's been a lot of fun, but I got to close out here. All right, listen, has your life been radically affected by Jesus Christ? Are you running a business? Does it look different than your competition run by a non-Christ follower? If it doesn't, and you don't know how to incorporate your faith in your business, you need to check out Business His Way. Listen, it's a monthly biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. It's brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay, and I work for him. For more information, contact me, Jim, at IWorkForHim.com, Jim at IWorkForHim.com. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we have Bob Collins with the National Christian Foundation right here in Tampa Bay talking about how you can make an impact with your dollars to make an impact on the kingdom around the world. Tune in next week. Bob Collins with the National Christian Foundation. Listen, about my advertisers, these are people I try to give a lot of plugs to because they help the I Work For Him show be on the air each and every week. These are people I love. These are people that I No, these are people that I trust. These are people that I do business with. Thank you to C3TB or the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. Ross Harrop with C12, Tampa Bay. Luke Andrews with Generation Mortgage and Charles Ruttenberg Real Estate. Dan Geyer with Direct Hits Management. Gary Melanowski with Chick-fil-A on Seminole Boulevard and Park Boulevard, where we'll be doing a live on, right, I don't know, on location on April the 28th. We'll be doing our show right there. Eric Most with Most Insurance. 2B1 Ministries from First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. Marriage mentoring for all couples. And of course, Jim Brangenberg with Platinum Information Services. Look for the links to their company websites on my website, iWorkForHim.com. That's iWorkForHim.com. And on the I Work For Him website, you'll also find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended resources, reading resources for you you to incorporate Christ into your workplace. All right. I want to thank you, Jack Griffith, Man in the Mirror Ministries. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks, Jim. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking my questions, getting thrown at you at 90 miles an hour. All right. Please take time to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Thanks to Mike Miracle for running the controls. Keep me on time. And, of course queuing in Karen Carpenter. If you found today's show inspiring or challenging or just lousy, just let me know. Could you send me an email to jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg, right here on Inspiration AM 1110 WTIS. Before we go to that Chick-fil-A commercial, I want to remind you, I'm a Christ follower. I may report to a manager or supervisor, but ultimately, I work for him. I work for him.